Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things, Sal Maxime. How's it going? Boys, we are talking basically at the crack of dawn here. Really the first morning episode during your guys' era. How are you feeling? Like super fired up because you're starting the day with an awesome podcast or bitter that I made us record basically before eight in the morning? Bitter. 1000% bitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, Well, embrace that because I like angry podcasts. I feel like they bring the best opinions out of you how about you maxim you also have a little uh, not so hidden hatred for me or where we yeah I've, i don't think i've ever been up this early is it always like red outside um oh. at this hour yeah i mean i would like to have a at least some kind of acknowledgement it feels like we we're recording this in mordor i don't know <laughs> if it's like the smoke i don't know what's going on but so i'm exaggerating a little bit it is in fact about 8 20 but it's hell of dark outside and a really weird specter so either the world is ending or the world's also pissed that i'm having us record this early specter <laughs> that's a nice word for this early Specter. Right. Yeah, well, we would have recorded at 6.30, but I actually spent the last 90 minutes looking up words <laughs> I'm going to sprinkle into here. Boys, we have an exciting show today. We've got a bracket segment that we're going to wade our way through um, that we haven't done for a while, and I'm really excited for it. But before we do, I got a couple Warriors questions for you. And the first one is a volatile one. It's a doozy. So we entered into these playoffs with some very specific goals as Warrior fans. And the big one, the large brass ring, was for whatever we needed to happen in Milwaukee for Giannis to become available. And gentlemen, it has happened. Milwaukee not only lost before the finals, they flamed out in spectacular fashion, a gentleman's sweep at the hand of Miami. But even more than that, Giannis gets hurt, so he has to watch his teammates just not have enough. So he, you know, if, if he had any question before that he wasn't surrounded by the talent he needed to get out of uh, out of the East, he now knows for sure that's not happening. And he lost to Miami, one of the teams rumored to be a uh, lead dog in the chase for him. And after the whole KD thing, I think that that's a strike against Miami. So put differently, it looks like Giannis might be available, and that's exactly what the hell we've wanted leading up to this, right? So. I've got a question that I want to throw out there. I'm a little hesitant because it gets people angry when I when I uh, suggest it, but let's jump into it. Would you include Clay Thompson in a trade for Antetokounmpo? We don't have to break down the actual logistics of the trade now. I'm just talking about conceptually, would you consider it? And I threw this out on Twitter, and the responses were angry. Boy, actually, they were, they were a full spectrum of responses. We got a measured one. Uh, quote, I think this has to be answered with nuance. The reason people think Giannis will work so well is if the floor is spaced with both Steph and Clay. If Clay is gone, you likely still have a contender with just those two. 
but it still has to be examined, then not so measured, not just no, but hell no. I saw someone say the other day that they would rather lose championships with Clay than win any without him, and that's just so on point. And then finally, angry, you, your show, and your face. This question makes me want to punch you as hard as I can. So people got angry with the question, man. And I can I can understand why, given our relationship with Clay. MT, look at this not just as a fan. You're kind of our voice of reason on this show. Should we consider including Thompson in a trade? Well, for the record, I was the one who told you I would punch you in the face as hard as I can. That was yeah. actually me. Well, the, um, the Twitter account was at Marcus Taylor, so you didn't really hide it. It wasn't even like a burner, like Tarkus Mailer or something. Um, no, I wouldn't. I would not. Um, and I'm firm in the camp of the other fan who said I'd rather lose championships with Clay than win them without him. Um, I'm just Splash Brothers. I, I think his loyalty and the way that he has delivered for us as a franchise and as a city and just being Clay um, is something you don't give up. So uh, I would love to have Giannis. Um, his comments after the game made it sound like he's not going anywhere, but... Uh, well, at the end of the day, you got to learn from everything uh, that goes on in uh, your life and in your career. And uh, hopefully we can learn from this and, um, you know, get better as a team and uh, come back. And hopefully we can build a, a culture in Milwaukee that uh, for many years that we can come out here and compete every severe for the, for the championship. If, you know, there's a deal to be had, I agree with you that Miami probably has a strike against them because of them beating him and he doesn't want to do what KD did. Um, but I wouldn't give up uh, Clay. I wouldn't give up Draymond either. I think if we're going to get him, I think we keep our core intact and we find a way to add him to it. Um, if not, I think we just roll with, with what's gotten us the championships we have so far. Is that an emotional take or a basketball one? Uh, because I, I, when I look at it, if we're keeping Clay, it's because of what he's done in the past. And what he's done in the past is not uh, insignificant. And he deserves our loyalty. And that's not to say he's not going to have a very bright future. I'm just not sure his future is as bright as Antetokounmpo's could be. Whereas if we make a move, we're looking towards the future. Put differently, if we keep Clay, we're trying to lengthen this title window. If we brought in Giannis, we would be opening up a whole new one, right? Uh, but I don't know how much you open it if you give up clay to yeah. the point of the, you know, like you need floor spacers and you need shooting around Giannis. I think one of the things that he clearly still needs to work on on his game, this being Giannis, is he can't just put his head down and plow through people. It works in the regular season and it gets him MVPs. But in the playoffs, when people pack it in, like Miami literally took him out of the series. Like he went down with an injury, but he still wasn't his dominant self. And it wasn't because he just had an off night. It was because the defense didn't allow him to do what he only knows how to do. So when he, he can't shoot free throws very well, he's not a good three-point shooter doesn't have a mid-range game so um you have to have floor spacers with him and i think if you trade too much of that from our current lineup away then you're just you know like steph is obviously better than middleton um and bledsoe probably put together but it still is he's not enough you know and draymond isn't a good enough shooter so i don't think you have enough weapons around him to to make his addition as valuable as if um as as we're thinking 
So I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I think I agree with you. And I want to use this as a sounding board. Just get out all these negative thoughts out of my head, right? And then we just go off into the future and love Clay and have the time of our lives. But if they did bring in Antetokounmpo, who, by the way, is only 25 um, and presumably still has some pieces to add to their game, couldn't they then get shooters? If you've got a team whose centerpiece is Steph and Giannis, wouldn't that put basketball or the, the center of the basketball world right back in Golden State? And wouldn't veterans everywhere want to come and play here? Wouldn't they be able to fill out that roster? They would, but you're getting veterans, right? And you're getting ones that are on the buyout market. So none of them will shoot as well as Clay can. There's just a different gravity when you have to choose between going to double team and run out against Steph and Clay shooting the three versus Steph and Wiggins or Stefan Corver or Stefan, whoever else they would get out on the market. So yes, you absolutely could, you know, fill in a roster with shooters and, you know, their strength in numbers. And you've kind of seen it with Miami finding jewels and um, the players that they have. But uh, I just, I think if you're going to add Giannis and it is a long-term play, you have to find a way to keep the core together um, in order for Giannis to be his best self. It's, it's kind of like adding KD, right? Like KD was his most efficient self, not because he's just Kevin Durant. It was because you added him to a system that made it so you couldn't double team him, which made him even more lethal. I'm super torn. Maxime, I want your take. Um, because on one side, man, I want this franchise to be an emotionless winner, like uh, the Patriots. When people's time have come in the Patriots, regardless of how many championship rings they have put on Robert Kraft's finger, it's their time. Off they go. And a different way to look at that is if they think that they can increase the talent on the team by trading somebody out, regardless of what their relationship is, you know, they, they focus on the team's future, never on its past. But on the other side, man, we're talking about Clay fucking Thompson. You know, he didn't just win championships here. He built a goddamn culture between the toaster and the scaffolding and Rocco and everything else he's done, we have a genuine relationship with him. And as far as looking into the past, the thing that speaks to me the most is this concept of future free agents and, and other people who look at Golden State as a franchise. And Marcus, I'm stealing this from you. When we were talking about whether or not they should pay Draymond, what the idea was, well, you've got to make sure he gets taken care of so that when other free agents take a look at how Golden State rewards people who have rewarded them you want to make sure that they see that they always take care of their boys and if they traded away clay you you know it would cut against that pretty nastily um where are you on this maxim how are you feeling about it you guys have summarized my thoughts already pretty well i i can't do it you know i was gonna say i'm 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 feeling like i'm that voice of reason that might be one of my burner accounts the first one that you brought up because um, I do think it's a matter of voice pacing. I think that, that the thing that is going to bring Yanni's to Golden State is precisely that it is the um, that beautiful one-two outside spacing that you can't really get anywhere else with Steph and Clay. I mean, there's no better backcourt in the NBA. So I, I think if you take him away, suddenly like Steph is way better than Middleton. Like you said, Middleton and Bledsoe put together. But I still don't. I think that's the thing that actually draws him to Golden State. And if you pair Clay in that trade, um, then he might not be interested anymore. So from a basketball analysis, um, and I'm sure we'll be exploring this multiple times. So let's let's split it up. Basketball alone, 
Would you, in fact, you know what? Let me, let me change that. Um, and let me ask it this way. Is there anybody in the NBA who you would trade clay for? No. I mean, if it's not, if <laughs> who else, who else do I covet more right. than Yanni's? No, yeah. no. And it's same for you, Marcus. I mean, literally clay at, at, if you could trade him for anybody in the league, the answer is no. He is the perfect fit here in Golden State. I think so. That's a good question. I never thought about it. I mean, I was trying to run through my head of who the top players are. Like, would I trade Clay for Adebayo? Would I trade him for Kawhi? Maybe Kawhi, but Kawhi doesn't really fit our culture. I don't think I would. I think I think the the mix of his skill set and just who he is as a player on the court and kind of how he fits with our culture is a little I wouldn't want to mess with it. I feel like we are doing we are proving that we are more a fan based show than we are an objective um, basketball show. If I was putting together a team on paper, like a fantasy team that I had never rooted for before, I was never actually a Warriors fan. And around the first pick, I ended up with Steph. Great. I'm now I'm now created my team. And it comes back around and both Clay and Antetokounmpo are available. And again, I have no history with either. Who am I taking? Yannis. I'm taking Yannis in, in a heartbeat. Of course I am. He's 25 years old. He's the future of he- uh, human evolution. He doesn't have a jump shot. He will. There's no way this kid who has taken the steps he has over the last five, six years can't add at least a mid-range. So in the abstract, if I'm putting together two players for the future of this game, yeah, I think I would go Giannis. But if what I'm doing is recognizing what's happened up until now, which is exactly where we're at, and rewarding Clay for everything he's done, I guess you do have to keep Clay in the fold. But I'll tell you that if somebody called me, if Milwaukee called me and offered it to me, I'm definitely not saying f you, f your show, and f your question. I'm at least thinking it out, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And there's definitely, you know, like fan base biased and hindsight biased being factored in here from our side. Um, but it's still, I don't know, there's something that I really enjoy and find a lot of value in saying that we drafted Stephen Clay and yeah. Dre yeah. and we built that team, you know, and won a championship before we added KD um, with yeah. those players. So there's something to that. I agree objectively, like obviously Giannis is the future of the league. Um, but I think rewarding and staying with the, the players that got us there is also valuable in players' eyes. Um, well, and I but. think the the key that you know, yeah, we're we're more of a fan podcast than we are like basketball analysts, maybe. But I do think that it's more of a general fan move to have a fantasy team with Steph and then go out and get Giannis. And it's more honestly of a GM move to consider some of the ramifications of having a clay-like personality on your team instead of another Steph-like personality. And I know on the court, they do very different things, but off the court, they're both, they seem to be pretty similar people. They're insular kind of family types, and you're just not going to have 13 other players on the team that are all insular family types. And I feel like in the same way that Clay brought the Zazas of the world into the fold, that that's an important piece to this too. I, I, I don't think that the general fan, and especially when we're making a fantasy team, literally, nobody considers culture, but I think culture plays a bigger role than we're giving, in this case, Clay credit for. Yeah, we built a relationship with these guys. 
Right. I mean, we, we've watched these guys up close over the last, you know, for him, what, uh, 13 years. So it would make sense that we have a friendship pseudo <laughs> that we want to protect in addition to the awe professionally that, um, that we're all talking about. Let me push us to our second Warriors question, and then we'll get to the bracket because I'm having a little bit of difficulty with the playoffs, map, specifically this Houston Lakers series. So watched it last night. It's great to have basketball in my life. But as we've always talked about on this show, really, hoop is reality TV. Um, and I like to have someone to either root for or against some vested interest to make the games that much more interesting. And with the Houston LA series, I'm not sure what the hell to do because I hate both teams. It's like yeah. watching two super villains fight, you know? So I need a little bit of assistance. Who are we rooting for in this series? As Warriors fans, which direction should we be going? Isn't this not like your classic presidential election? Like, who are you rooting against? Like, you know, I, I feel like it's so rare that you actually go out and campaign for a president. You go out and campaign against the president, right? That's not, that's like, that's how I feel about this. It's like, which team do I hate more? <laughs> <laughs> well, which one is it? Give me give me the response. Dude, I don't know. I'm struggling too. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, like I, I uh, LeBron has a, a pretty great chance to to go all the way just because he's he's LeBron. Um and I'm pretty interested in both laughing at Marcus for picking Houston to go all the way and yeah, sure. also laughing at Harden for continuing to blow any chance that he has as defining a legacy. Uh, and to have two MVPs that haven't won titles on the same team is kind of a gold mine for me. So that's why I'm rooting against Houston. This thing is like the opposite of what have you done for me recently, right? It's what have you done to me recently? I, I've spent my entire life hating Laker fans. Uh, I mean, just forever. I, the, the Lakers have been the evil empire of my sporting world. But they've disappeared recently when the Warriors are really good. The Lakers were not only not in the playoffs or around us, but all Laker fans immediately disappeared from the world, you know, which is kind of one of their defining traits. Whereas Houston, I haven't given a shit about for the first 20 years of the basketball fan. But then recently, I have desperately hated, and there are few things that annoy me more than James Harden's face. So this is really weird analysis as I'm watching back. It's like this old dormant hatred that's slowly coming back to life versus this white hot hatred that doesn't have the historical background. So I think right now, I just want both teams to lose, which I think is going to leave me disappointed. Yeah, well, does that mean that you're essentially rooting for like a COVID breakout in the bubble? No. <laughs> There's just no. <laughs> so I thought about that joke, Maxime, and then I decided, no, that'd be too scandalous. Oh, great, thanks. So bad about it. Like, you feel bad about it. I'm not rooting for any kind of a COVID outbreak. Um, I really, all I do is just look for missed jump shots and I cheer then. Just try not to pay attention to the score, I guess. I mean, I do think that at the end of the day, um, if if we're talking about this uh, this dichotomy between being a Warriors fan and just being a pure fan of basketball, there is an argument to be made for um, rooting for Houston because that really is, especially when I'm playing defense these days, that is the style of basketball that I would want to win out. I think that's a much more exciting and, and up-tempo and cutting and slashing style of basketball um, than whatever the Lakers are doing. So, yeah, Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, time to crow about how Houston's looking good. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I hate how calm you've been over there, slowly biding your time to show us that you're right. Go ahead. There's still it's just, no, it's I severely underestimated how much I would be torn 
by picking Houston to win. Like I didn't factor in that I'd have to root for them into this equation of picking them. And it's just been tough. Like I hate wanting James Harden to win. It's a weird feeling. And then at the other end, like you were saying, I turn around and then it's like, well, do I really want LeBron to win? It's like, it's just a horrible situation. So completely torn. Um, The answer is no to both. I, I don't want either of them to win. Somehow I want both teams to lose, like you were saying. But um, obviously, because Maddie Stats is um, an unforgiving st- statistician, I need Houston to win just so I can keep going and hopefully get that point. Um, but it's, I just, I don't like it. Uh, I hate rooting for them. I don't like it. I, I don't want either of them to win. Um, really don't want LeBron to win just because, you know, his fans, once he's won in the third city, will just be even more insufferable. Um, but, you know, like the the eye test and the visual part of it that Maxine was talking about, you know, leans me a little bit more towards Houston just because I'd rather see the underdog and the small ball win. But I don't see them pulling it out. They just don't have enough, and especially with this version of Russell Westbrook playing the way he is. I don't know what happened to him. Um, you would never guess that this is a guy who averaged a triple-double for two seasons in the NBA, the way he's playing right now. So um, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get past the Lakers and we're going to see Clippers and Lakers like we all kind of guessed it would be. But um, I'm hoping for a miracle. I'm hoping for a third team to somehow get in there through some Adam Silver wizardry. I don't know what's going to happen now. I do not believe you, Marcus. I think that if we watched a hidden camera in your house, it would show you wearing a James Harden jersey with your last name <laughs> on the back, reading Taylor to Matty Stats. Make sure that you heard him say he doesn't think Houston's going to win this series. So if they do, take away his point, dude. He's losing his, his confidence in this. So that's a very important thing. to Playoff uh, Rondo, man. Playoff Rondo. Oh, I hate playoff. The, it, oh it's God. so annoying seeing him back. But finally, three. Human nature is so weird. I have rooted hard against Russell Westbrook through two different teams. Um, His athleticism, his confidence, he has destroyed my team in a lot of different ways. So I'm not used to rooting for him. And now he's playing for a team I just described to you guys. I cannot stand to watch. But when they're doing that tactic, uh, the, the Tony Allen defense, when they're allowing him to shoot without any defenders on him at all, and they're turning his back on him and he misses the shots, I feel bad for him. Like, I cringe, you know, like my butthole puckers up. Like, oh, like, give him a little bit of respect. Can't you at least help him out a little bit, Uh, which is such a weird thing and so specific to basketball. I don't remember feeling that in any other sport. It's such a sign of disrespect. It's like the kid who keeps on getting picked last for dodgeball, and at a certain <laughs> point, you're like, I, "Can somebody j- come on? Like- just help him." <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's just just one out. Just help him. But, but- it's weird too because it's like it's it it's a strategy that almost it it reinforces itself because Russell Westbrook gets so upset at the disrespect that he just like oh, yeah. goes too aggressive and he starts jacking threes and plays too out of control and it just feeds into it so in a weird way like the disrespect just kind of makes him a worse player which is an odd thing to watch as well no that is absolutely right um and these topics i have a feeling will be swirling around for a while we will revisit the clay thing and we'll see what happens with houston la but for now let's get back to brackets gentlemen it's a new segment to the pandemic 
one that we were just white hot with when we first came up with it, did like three or four in a row, and then have been a little bit dormant on over the last few episodes. So I'm excited to announce it is back and its concept is hell of simple. We all love brackets. It's the best way to decide anything, come up with a question, put the uh, possible answers in a bracket and hammer it out. So for this segment, we come up with a question and then figure out its answer via the bracket. And uh, MT, you've put this one together for us. What do we got? Cool. So uh, I was watching TV and saw a documentary called Basketball County in the Water. If you're not familiar with it, uh, Kevin Durant had a hand in it and helped produce it. It's basically about Prince George's County or PG County and all of the NBA talent that has come from it. Um, there's a lot of big names that are in the NBA and came from that same district. And they just kind of create this uh, documentary showing like, oh, how amazing this um, part of the country is to produce NBA talent, which it is. But it got me thinking like, is there, are there other cities that have developed um, as much talent or if not a qu uh, quantity quality? And, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, we know there's a, a few names here. So um, the bracket challenge will be cities that have produced um, the best quality talent. So they'll go up against each other. Um, there's obviously a lot of players in the NBA um, from different cities and some from the same. So to cap it, we're going to just do the top 10 players from each city. Um, I did do my research. So hopefully there aren't any big names missing, I'm sure. There will be some and people can go to Twitter and yell at me and um, talk about it. So go go ahead for it. But I think I have the main players for each um, city that will be competing here. And one other caveat, this is where the players were born, not where they grew up or where they you know eventually moved to. So um, this is where they were born. Um, there are some instances in the documentary, in Kevin Durant's documentary, uh, one in particular where Nolan Smith was included and he wasn't born there. He moved there when he was six. So um, in some instances, I gave that allowance to other cities as well if there is a big name that moved there. So when, with and all for that. the audience, know before he jumps in, there's a little controversy behind this. You may remember a bracket that uh, we did last time on the most. Uh, successful fictional basketball player and Marcus and I fought about who should be in there. This one, there's a little bit of disagreement too. Um, a, one about how many names, how many players are on the team. You're going to hear me give shit about that. And then two, the foundation, whether or not they had to be born there or grew up there. So we'll see this whole thing play out kind of dueling fights as this bracket plays itself. Absolutely. I mean, we, I thought long and hard and Bram and I talked about should Lola Bunny be included in the Los Angeles team? And that was for you, Maxime. <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate it. And then Marcus was like, only if she was actually born in Arizona and then grew up <laughs> in Spain, but spent eight minutes in Los Angeles and then she could be part of that team. Exactly. So we got to the end of that argument. Where oh, so was she, the so animator she's on the born? LA team. She's on the LA team and they are heavily favored, just really heavily favored. Exactly. You're not going to know that though, because she's named 15. So you'll probably have tuned out by the time we get down there. Um, only going to 10 this time. Uh, but yes, so uh, just a quick shout out for all the, uh, all the cities that are representing uh, the number one seed, New York, number two, Los Angeles, number three, Chicago, number four, the Bay Area, number five, Philadelphia, number six, PG County. Number seven, Atlanta, and number eight, Dallas. And so, the question is, which city produced the best basketball talent? Exactly. Quality, not quantity. There's a bunch yeah. of names, but so we'll stop at 10. 
So New York, the one seed against Dallas, the eight seed. New York, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Julius Irving, Carmelo Anthony, Bob Cousy, Kemba Walker, Bernard King, Chris Mullen, Donovan Mitchell, and Lamar Odom. Okay, huge fight right here. Jordan, Jordan is from New York? Jordan was born in New York. How much time did he spend there? Like eight seconds? I don't know. He was born there if you look it up. <laughs> all right, Maxine, <laughs> what do you think? Because this, is, this isn't this is like a sixth man. We're talking about the greatest player of all time. It's, this is the person who may shift the bracket, probably the reason they're the number one seed. It's all good as long as they were born there. We don't have a problem with this. Well, do you feel like this is one of those instances where like the city of New York like paid off the Jordan family when he was born to be born there <laughs> in anticipation for this argument right now? You know, I hadn't thought about that possible conspiracy theory, but if they put in that kind of background work in anticipation of a huddle bracket, then Marcus, allow it. He's from New York. Let's make it work. Boom. In. <clears throat> Welcome to New York, Mike. <laughs> and number eight is uh, Dallas. And they have Grant Hill, LaMarcus Aldridge, Chris Bosh, Spud Webb. Maxime, I thought you'd like that. He's kind of like Muggsy Bogues. Um, number <laughs> Amazing <five>. zombie talent. <laughs> CJ Miles, AC Law, Kevin Ollie, Greg Ostertag. Who doesn't love Greg Ostertag? Kurt Thomas and Ricky Pierce. You bastard. You could have limited to five. Greg Ostertag and CJ Miles had to be included for the top ten. Uh, if we are going, Jordan is in New York, and the other list included people like Greg Ostertag, then it is a slam dunk for me. New York moves on. Well, but hold, hold on a minute, because we didn't specify <laughs> what the intention of the, you know, is like best basketball hold on players for a minute. to carry around. It's Jordan versus Ostertag. What are you <laughs> talking Spud about? Spud Webb. I can what probably could, carry Spud Webb. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to, like, we're not even going to jump down the possible game that a a team led by Ostertag would be Jordan. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Unless the game is you actually have to be from the city you're playing for, and then they might have a, a slight advantage. <laughs> Shout out Greg Ostertag. You were always kind of fun to watch. Um, <laughs> all right. Number number two seed versus seven seed. LA versus Atlanta. LA has Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, James Harden, Re- Reggie Miller, Bill Walton, Gilbert Arenas, Michael Cooper, Clay Thompson, and Baron Davis. Sheesh. Yeah. A lot of um, and Atlanta has Dwight Howard, Walt Frazier, Jalen Brown, Horace Grant, Malcolm Brogdon. Colin Sexton, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Derek Favors, Jay Crowder, and World Be Free. After the 30th name, I forgot the two teams who were playing. Would you mind giving me no, – um, it's, it's more like it's like a guard frontcourt matchup. Um, we're still – I mean, at this stage of the bracket, I'm going two-seed. L.A. for me. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, I don't think it's close either. I mean, and L.A. does have Bill Walton, who is a big, but otherwise it is pretty guard heavy. But those are some sick guards. But I will say, I mean, you know, if Malcolm Brogdon was on the Bucks, uh, this might have been a different outcome right now. So he probably deserves more weight in that seven seed than we're giving him. Exactly. If if Giannis had been uh, on that second team there and I was GMing the LA squad, I might be talking about trades, but we don't have to jump back down that. <laughs> Think of a Malcolm Brogdon, Greg Ostertag pick and roll. That's unstoppable. Right there. <laughs> yeah, there's something I probably never would have thought about in my life. <laughs> I was actually, no, that's not true. Here on my schedule, it said at 9.15, think about Brogdon Ostertag. So you, you hit me a little early, but I'm glad we got it out of the way. There we go. Here to help. Three seed versus six seed, Chicago versus PG County. 
Chicago has Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, the, the Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, Anthony Davis, Derek Rose, Andre Iguodala, Tim Hardaway, George Mikan, Doc Rivers, Sean Marion, and Maurice Cheeks. And PG County, Kevin Durant, Len Bias, Michael Beasley, Victor Oladipo, Markel Fultz, Jeff Green, Quinn Cook, Ty Lawson, Jeremy Grant, and Jarrett Jack. The first thing I think is, so there's definitely a lot of talent um, in the PG County team, but compared to the other teams that you have read out, either Durant didn't do a lot of research into looking where other players were from, or he's uh, a little biased in his assessment that PG County is putting together talent in a way that no other uh, uh, area is. Um, I mean, there's beyond him, there isn't another superstar on that list, is there? Not really. I mean, Oladipo probably arguable, um, but otherwise easily at college. But that's it. Yeah, Folks oh, I go. I go Chicago. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They, how are you going to call PG County basketball county? Now there are at least five counties. I mean, that we got to come up with names that are more apropos to basketball than basketball. That's ridiculous. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. And PG County too, like I, one of the things I looked up, I was like, well, how big is PG County? And it, it is, it's pretty big. So it's not like all these people were concentrated just from like Berkeley, you know, the size of Berkeley, like, right. you know, it was, it's a sizable County. And I know it's unfair, like LA's big. If you just say LA, like you're including players who are from Long Beach all the way to you know, like Westwood. So it's, it, there's a range there, which we need to call out. Same with New York, like New York is huge. Maybe you only go a Brooklyn or, you know, like New York city. So I think that needs to be a caveat in there. But when you're the way that the documentary phrased, it was like PG County was this little town that just produced all this talent. When you look it up, it's a pretty big area. So um, I think they made their bed with that one. I love that New York already apparently had a large geographical advantage. And on top of that, you added Michael Jordan into it. It's like, yeah, no, you guys are way bigger and already have a much larger talent pool. Also, let me add one extra player, Jordan. Let's see where this goes. Let's see where he was born. Oh, that's right. New York. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Uh, four seed versus five seed. This is a good one. So the Bay Area uh, versus Philadelphia. I take the Bay Area. Cool. Me too. But let's hear it. So... <laughs> Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, Paul Pierce, Damian Lillard, Aaron Gordon, J.R. Ryder, Drew Gooden, Brian Shaw, Matt Barnes, and um, also because PG County included Nolan Smith in theirs, he moved there when he was six. Uh, we included someone who moved to the Bay Area when he was six and played through high school, Bill Russell. <laughs> So, so hold on. Jordan is in New York because he was born there. Bill Russell is in the Bay, but he wasn't. Yeah, and he was born in Louisiana, and the part that doesn't really have that many people coming from there. So, if this wasn't favoring my favorite uh, entry into this <laughs> tournament, I would have probably have to call out bullshit. But since it is, I mean, this is amazing cheating, and let's see where it leads. <laughs> Boom! Bill Russell, born in the Bay. Unbelievable. <laughs> Are we sure and, Jordan wasn't born here? Yeah. And Philadelphia, uh, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Kyle Lowry, Earl Monroe, Rashid Wallace, Katino Mobley, Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris, uh, Dion Waiters, and Tyreek Evans. You know what I love um, about this matchup is that it illustrates the personalities 
that an area can instill into people. Both of those teams, you know, are filled with names of guys who are tough as nails and super hard and um, have shown up in, in tough situations in games. Uh, and I also associate all of those traits with places like Oakland, the Bay Area, and Philadelphia. Uh, I just like what that suggests about the personalities involved. Yeah, I agree. But there is there is such a steep drop off after number two in Philly. Um, no disrespect to Kyle Lowry, but come on. Oh, and I, I mean, I love Sheed Wallace. Um, well, and we've we've shoehorned. Bill Russell onto this team. So there's no question. I feel like the Bay wins this in a landslide. Right, and he was listed 10th, so come on. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I think the guard play of the Bay Area is just impressive. I mean, Peyton Kidd, Pierce Lillard, I mean, that's just, Pierce probably is forward, but like those are, that's a a tough lineup. So we got Bay Area moving on? We do. Nice. All right. One seed versus four seed, New York versus the Bay. I'll just keep it to five names since you already heard the 10. Starting five for New York, Michael Jordan, Kareem, Julie Serving, Carmelo, and Bob Cousy for the Bay. Jesus. Bill Russell, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, Paul Pierce, and Damian Lillard. Oof. Going small ball. I don't like the way you've seeded this bracket. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to start saying that this Jordan inclusion is just complete bullshit. I'm going to the rules. I'm, I'm pulling the LeBron and calling in to make it so that uh, Jordan gets suspended for the game. The uh, snitch hotline? Yeah, in I the will. bracket? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I would use it right now. Uh, but assuming that I can't get through to Kiki Vanderway in a way that LeBron was, and these guys actually have to play as constructed, you got to go to New York. Um, but only because of the way that you've cheated in putting together that team. Jordan should not be on that squad. This is well, a fascinating nature-nurture debate, right? I mean, I feel like we should really get into it. We got some time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do not. We do not have some time. I don't feel like it'd be that fascinating. And what's really uh, the, the most fascinating portion of it is that we've shoehorned again. Bill Russell was not born in the Bay, but George, I mean, the, this, there's some inconsistencies in the rules here. Uh, but I, based on talent alone, we got to go New York. I have to go New York. Yeah, I mean, of course, right. I I completely agree. And even like maybe Jordan aside, I feel like there's an argument still to be made for New York. So that makes me feel a little bit less uncomfortable about doing it. Um, But again, I will say, I think what you said, Bram, about um, the the Bay Area Philly matchup is particularly interesting. Like what makes this interesting for me? And I think what made it interesting for KD in producing the PG County um, uh, documentary is that it's a it's a representation of how the area molds the people. Um, and so I feel like it's like I don't think of Jordan when I think of New York, you know, and there's like just his accent, like the whole thing doesn't scream Jordan. And so I do find it interesting that um, that I think you can make that argument for Bill Russell. But in any case, yeah, regardless, I guess we say New York moves on and uh, and I I shed some tears. Give us that New York team again. The top the starting five. Jordan. Kareem, Julius Irving, Carmelo Anthony, Bob Cousy. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. That, that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough matchup. Unfortunately, I got to stick with New York. It, yeah, I I, th- I go New York too, but I don't think it's as like I don't think it's a landslide. It's, like obviously Jordan is Jordan, and you know we saw his reaction when in the Last Dance when they said Gary Payton was shutting him down. 
Um, he gave that funny face. Um, but Gary Payton. I never had any problems with the glove. I had no problem with the glove. I had no problem with Gary Payton. I had a lot of other things on my mind. Exactly. But I, I think that was just his ego speaking. I think Gary Payton actually did um, influence that series. And I think you put him on him and it does impact him a little bit. He's still Jordan. So, but, and then you have Bill Russell guard Kareem, and then you have Paul Pierce, probably guard Irving, which is a mismatch. Um, you know, Jay Kidd can match up with Anthony and then you have Damian Lillard versus Bob Cousy. I mean, different eras. I feel like Cousy's kind of a, it's hard to measure how he would have performed in a later era, but, um, you know, the guard play, I, if if the Bay Area gets hot and just starts shooting threes, it, it would be tough for New York, but the I still think they would, win. Yeah, the three would really have to fall. We, we would need, like, both early and late career uh, Jay Kidd because we'd need his athleticism from early in his career, but he couldn't hit threes for shit then, and we'd need his three-point hitting ability uh, from later in his career, but we'd be losing the athleticism. The thing yeah. that bothers me the most or concerns me the most about the matchup is Kareem. You know, I'm, I'm making all these yeah. jokes about Jordan, but, you know, we forget about how great Kareem was, and I would be worried about the Bay's ability to score. We've got a lot of heady, personality-driven guards who can play D, but if they don't get hot, you know, we're not going to be able to match Kareem and Jordan's score. So it sounds like we're unanimous, but we're also upset about it. I agree. Yeah. But imagine Kareem out on the three-point line trying to chase Damian Lillard around yeah, on, a, sure. on a screen. Like, that's not going to end well. Like, that'll be – those are layups for, you know, the way these – Bay is shooting it. But I agree. I think New York wins. So, sorry, Bay. Um, okay. And then the two first three matchup, L.A. versus Chicago. It's a tough one. L.A., Kawhi, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, James Harden, and Reggie Miller. Chicago, D. Wade, Isaiah Thomas, Anthony Davis, Derrick Rose, and Andre Iguodala. You go first on this one, MC. I'm going to go L.A. Um, I, I think Chicago, ah, this is tough. I, I feel like prime Isaiah Thomas is just always underrated i think him and d wade make just a crazy backcourt um and my recency bias of seeing how westbrook is playing in this series kind of drops that off um drops him off a little bit i'm gonna go chicago actually yeah i don't want to you and i know that wes goldberg um who we've talked to this segment about for a little while wants Chicago to win it. And because of that, I want them to lose it. But that team is better currently constructed. Uh, I mean, that that's they're not as guard heavy and they actually play well with one another. So I, I think it's Chicago for me too. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and I don't think that, you know, if we're talking about people in their primes, Derek Rose in his prime is not to be trifled with. I think that's a sneaky addition to that top five. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Kawhi, it's like it's amazing. Like all of those dudes um, on that on that L.A. team are super, you know, current young players. Um, so, I, you know, it's then it, there's all these unanswerable questions about like what era are we playing in? Does that advantage the people that are that are more current in the NBA? I mean, if you're talking about an evolution of bodies in the direction of like a Giannis, then like, you know, Kawhi is this freak athlete. Um 
but but I see your point in terms of of uh, the the camaraderie on the Chicago team, and um, I like my boy Wes, so uh, I'm gonna advocate for him on his behalf here and strongly vote for Chicago. Nice. Which leads yeah. to the finals. Leads to the finals. We got the one seed New York versus the three seed Chicago. So New York, Michael Jordan, born and bred, Kareem, Julius Irving, Carmelo Anthony, and Bob Cousy versus Chicago, D. Wade, Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons versions again, uh, Anthony Davis, Derrick Rose, and Andre Iguodala. Turns out Anthony Davis is actually from Alaska, and he, <laughs> he traveled through a sizzler once out there, but whatever, <laughs> that, uh, that counts. Um, I, I mean, anytime you are pairing Jordan and Kareem, um, possibly the number one and two players of all time, or at least certainly two of the top five of all time, that's going to be the uh, the team I push out. I think that it's it's a hell of a matchup, but unfortunately, it's New York for me. Yeah, sorry, Wes. <laughs> no question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's close, but I agree. What? I mean, we're, we're, we're forgetting that everybody's chasing, like, the – the greatest, you know, the most points scored in NBA history right now. And they're tracking LeBron, like, will he catch number one? And number one is Kareem. Um, yep. You know, like, the dude put a lot of points on the board. He's the only just, person who had an unstoppable shot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that and probably maybe Michael Jordan's fadeaway away, is probably. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and they're both on that team. Exactly. So and I think that and, you know, Julius Irving always gets upset when you don't give him his due. Carmelo prime Carmelo Anthony is just mm-hmm. tough to stop. So they probably um, kill each other though. Right. I mean, like, so if Jordan goes in there and is peak, fuck you, Jordan, and is trying to treat everybody like Scotty Burrell, you know, how quickly before Kareem is shoving the ball down his throat or Carmelo is sobbing in the corner because it, you know, he, he doesn't like the pressure. I mean, there's something to be said there. It is possible that team hates each other so much that they fall apart in the second half of the championship game. No, I I agree. I think there's a, a strong argument to be made. Like the there's only one ball argument probably makes most sense against this New York team, right? Like there, it's a lot of talent, but it's not necessarily complementary talent. Whereas Chicago, you know, like Isaiah Thomas didn't need to put up thirty shots. Um, D Wade, you know, Anthony Davis can impact it in different ways. So, yeah. I still got to go with New York just because of Jordan and Kareem, but um, I th- know, I'm sure I Wes will have an argument. Chicago jumps out to an early lead, early and surprising lead. You know, they, they hit a few shots. Their chemistry is right. Um, there's a couple of arguments between Jordan and Kareem in the first quarter, and we're all worried about it. Then comes halftime, and there's just a scathing scream down by Jordan, who basically lets everybody know, get the f- out of the way and allow Kareem and I to make this happen. And then in a barrage of unstoppable after unstoppable shot left and right, they slowly climb themselves back and end up with a comfortable victory. I say they win by uh, by eight and sit out the fourth quarter because of a huge third. But are you factoring in that the animator who drew Lola Bunny is actually from Chicago? So Lola Bunny has now been traded to the Chicago team. Will you let me finish my story? And then out of nowhere, <laughs> Lola Bunny comes. And yeah, I had not factored that in at all and refused to after my uh, my incredible breakdown. So I, I guess we are putting New York as the uh, 
God, that bothers me. East Coast biased. But in, at, at the result of this bracket is New York is the county which has created the greatest basketball talent. I agree. I think the result is that it's it was in the water for PG County for a little bit, but it was definitely in the water in a lot of other places in a lot of better ways. Yeah, it was in the water when you decided that Michael Jordan was from New York, uh, <laughs> which completely altered this entire bracket. Huge fun, you guys. Um, we might be taking a week off next week, but hopefully we'll see you guys really soon on the interim. If you want to let us know uh, anything that you enjoyed the show, that you dislike the show, suggested topics, questions, the whole nine yards, they can be sent to at Warriors Huddle, which is our Twitter account, and warriorshuddle at gmail.com. We are also finally looking into creating some of the shirts that we talked about last week. Um, we at least need to create one to crown our beat writer prediction champion so once we have those ready we'll let you guys know too uh we appreciate you go warriors and hopefully we'll see you real soon Good, good. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.